Hello, everyone. It's Artem, and today I'm joined by Kelly McWilliams of Kelly McWilliams Celebrations, Weddings, and Parties. Kelly is a wedding and event industry veteran with a home base in Southwest Florida. She's built her destination wedding business with the intent of serving her local wedding community while providing her clients with exceptional experiences during the planning process and their celebrations. Her destination expansions continue with the inclusion of Mexico and the West Indies and her workshops, Calendaring for Brain Peace. Her accomplishments also include her podcast, This Versus That, Wedding Decisions with Kelly McWilliams. The podcast serves engaged couples by musing over the pros and cons involved in all of their planning decisions. Kelly has also been honored by being named a Martha Stewart Best in Class Top Wedding Planner. Kelly, quite a resume. I took 19 years to make all that happen. (laughs) Whatever it takes, right? Yeah. Uh, But you know what? No signs of slowing down either. No, I have no intention to. I think I've got a good 10 years left of me. I love it. Excellent. Great. I know it's silly to plan life out so far in advance, but I like that we all have a plan. (laughs) Yeah. Well, somewhat of a plan. Somewhat of a plan. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. Oh, of course. I'm very happy to have you here. And you're a fellow podcaster, uh, like we mentioned in the intro here. It's uh, this versus that. We'll get into that in a little bit. But before we we go into your current accomplishments and current projects, tell me how we got here. So so what happened? How did we get to a point where you are the Kelly McWilliams that sits here today? Uh, how far back do you want me to go? Like As, as far back as you realized, okay, I want to be in this business. Oh, I can tell you I started with not wanting to be in this business. Okay, that's a yeah. good start. So when I got married, I thought it was the most horrible <laughs> time. I didn't enjoy any of it. And I couldn't ever, nothing when I got married or I was engaged made me think that I'd ever end up in this situation. So let's just start there. I wasn't okay. one of those brides turned wedding planners. Okay. So I was doing corporate accounting, but I was bored out of my mind. Sure. And so and I noticed I continuously was wandering off to the marketing department <laughs> at the uh, corporation I was working at. And one day they were deciding to plan their, or they were decide they were planning their United Way gala auction. Mm-hmm. And I said, can I do it? And uh, they're like, yeah, go ahead. I can't believe they handed that thing off to me. And, uh, so I planned it, loved it. Afterwards, someone came up to me and said, why aren't you doing this for a living? And I said, they have jobs for that. I'm not even kidding. I had no clue, no idea. And, uh, so I went home and I Googled it. I'm not kidding. (laughs) And, uh, I was like, okay, so there's event planning. All right. So I found a friend. And said, hey, let's open the event planning company. And I'm like, this is the real deal. Wow. Uh, it did not go well. Mm-hmm. Only because we did, couldn't find clients. Like we had two, perhaps, in six months. And I was just like, this, there's something wrong with this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, people were asking me to plan weddings. So my partner got bored with the whole thing and shuffled off to do something else. People were consistently asking me to help them with their wedding. And so eventually I just gave in. said, okay, I'll do one. And recall, I didn't even enjoy planning my own. But I was yes. like, I want to 
some money from this. I would mm-hmm. like to make some money doing something. I did one wedding and I was like, oh, never mind. This is great planning it for somebody else. Mm. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Immediately I changed the name, mm-hmm. changed the website, and it was like a one word change with the word wedding in it. And I, this was a long time ago, clearly 19 years ago. I uh, went to not.com, signed up, <laughs> and uh, I think I had a full calendar in less than six months. Wow. Yeah. And that's it. Never turned back. Just ran I love back. it. Yeah. Now, I was a risk taker in that. I'm a, like, I feel like I'm an action person, a person of action, mm-hmm. but I am not a risk taker in just like dropping everything to do that. I kept my full-time job and took on a part-time, I worked at Alpac because I figured mm. I'd eventually be able to leave the part-time, the full-time job. And if I kept the safety net of serving, so there'd be mm. cash coming in until I just, I knew that I was making it well enough and it was going to be consistent, um, that I would be good. So hold on. So for a period of time, you were working three jobs? Yep. Whoa. So- exactly. So you kind of set the stepping stones in front of yourself, knowing that eventually I'm, I would need those to jump. Yeah, I was confident, but I, I mean, and I was, like I said, a person of action, but I wanted, I had a family, I had two kids and a husband. I always remind people for every story of, you know, the, the person moving to New York City with $3 in their pocket and they make it, there's hundreds that do the same thing and don't make it. So you got to be reasonable at, at points too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was also the person that graduated high school and left three days later to go move to New York City. Nice. <laughs> I like it. How'd you like New York? I loved living in New York. That was probably the biggest risk I took, but you know, I was 17 years old, just graduated high school and had no fears. So I like it. Now, and I would go back to New York in a heartbeat, but for vacations only. I, I love living in Southwest Florida and being by the ocean or the Gulf of Mexico. And, uh, yeah. But yeah. And then I, then I spent a year in LA too before I came down here. Oh, nice. So of all three, which would you say is your favorite? I'm assuming, I mean, you stayed in Florida, so yeah. I'm going to assume that was the one that. Uh, this fits my vibe. This is everything I didn't know that I wanted in life. You know, mm-hmm. it's community it was a great place to raise our kids it was a great place to open a business uh yeah. when i did so and you know no one knows that when they start though you don't know you know and sure. i just i feel very fortunate but boy do i live in paradise i live in paradise i love it yeah yeah it's, when i go to work i go over bridges and see dolphins jumping who gets that you know you live where other people vacation Right, is I'm sure that's a bumper sticker somewhere in Florida. Yeah, they should have it actually. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that uh, you spent some time uh, in New York. You spent some time in LA, so you're you're well versed in not only what other people are like coastally, but you're you also understand. I think from an entertainment perspective, from a planning perspective, you stylistically know what those type of clients are looking for when they come to you because your work is primarily destination. Right. Well, what I learned from being in those, because they're very, they're drastically different. Oh, sure. Yeah. When, when, and when I was doing that, I was in the, sorry. That's okay. 
Um, you have to introduce your dogs though. That, that's our yeah, listeners need to know so, who that is. Yeah. So the barking guys, just so you know, <laughs> I'm not in my podcast studio where I would usually do this. I moved into my office, which mm-hmm. is free for the dogs to bark through the door. And that's exactly <laughs> what's happening right now. So Monroe and, and Oliver are out there making all kinds of noise. But um, what I learned about living in New York and LA was the lifestyles that people led there and the kinds of expectations they had. So that has drastically influenced how I plan weddings, but more so in the experience and how to have in, uh, great relationships with those clients because those are a portion of my clients Mm -hmm. so and you know had i i didn't know that then when i was living there because i was in a different industry altogether sure uh but boy has it 100 percent paid off having that time there yeah well such is life right you take all the experiences you have and you try to get some learning experience out of them yeah exactly yeah. I used to work in advertising. I used to work in New York. And of course it's, it's romanticized and it's like, Oh, what's it like? But I'm like, I, I work in a building for 14, <laughs> 15 hours a day. I, I might as well be anywhere else, but I'm inside yeah. a building. I think then once I, I was able to get out of that um, industry, I realized, okay, then of course, from a tourist perspective, it's very nice. I love visiting New York. It's a bit, I, le- I love New York. My only gripe is that it's the city that never sleeps and I like sleep. It's like, hey guys, sometimes you do gotta calm it down a bit. Yeah. And you gotta refresh. So you were in advertising in the city. Where, when were you there? Uh, right out of college. I spent a couple of years in advertising and then marketing. Um, so it was the agency world. And for those unfamiliar with advertising agencies, um, it's, it's very, um, I mean, it's a very appealing industry, but it's, it's very demanding on your schedule. So it's doable when you're in your early 20s, when you're out of college. But I just, I looked at it. And then at that point, I also was starting my business, similar to what you had done when you were, you know, you were one foot in the corporate world and one foot in the event world. And I saw that and I'm like, I got to pick one because if not, I'm I'm probably going to die. So I had to, I had to realize like, which path do I want for myself? And, um, I'll tell a little anecdote without mentioning names, but I used to work in an agency where another woman I uh, I worked with, she was at the time named one of the uh, working moms of the year by an industry publication. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's great. But honestly, I didn't know she had kids because she's there all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm like, that was kind of like a weird, it was a weird way to realize like the lifestyle yeah. that we've all been living. Again, because you're 22 and you're right out of college and you don't fully grasp it, you don't have kids. And then I'm like, oh, she's working mom of the year, but I see her before I get in and after she's here before and after I am. Okay, like if that's what that means in this industry, then where do I go? Like what's the direction that I want? And I still have friends in the industry. I, I do love advertising. I think it's a great industry. And I still have friends that are a part of it. They made it work. You know, they made it work for them. And I just took a different path. Yeah. And so take us back a little bit further. So you obviously the wedding really kind of, I'm not even going to say infatuation because the infatuation began after you started planning someone else's wedding. Mm -hmm. So you weren't really into it when you were planning your own wedding. So before then you did mention that it's not anything you really thought was a career. Cause of course, when we're in school, the guidance counselor doesn't say wedding planner is an option. They didn't have school for it then either. Right. 
Yeah, and it's not anything that right now, I, I don't know, is it now like a specialty you can actually go to? Oh, yes. Like, yes. Oh, awesome. Okay. So to the point where uh, one of the things that I did, um, I, have to see, I think it's been uh, four, maybe four years since I had one, but I've had 43 college interns that I wow. sponsored. Okay. My local university over the years. And Excellent. they were all 1,500 hours that they had to put in. Mm. And when I brought them in, it was important to me that they weren't there to like file papers and sweep the floors. No. Right. Interny stuff. Yeah. Weddings. Mm -hmm. And they learned business and they learned how to behave and react and to produce at weddings. So it was full on. They were thrown right in. Like, mm -hmm. you are not here to file papers and send thank you cards yeah well i'm glad you went that approach and i said before that people romanticize living in new york city people definitely romanticize the wedding industry so a lot of people walk into it not knowing what to expect and i'll say that there's a an adage that i'm using which is the good ones make it look easy and as we know kelly you're one of the good ones and i'm sure you make it look easy but once they're thrown in yeah well i appreciate you saying that first of all i was kind sure. of easy. but uh so here's what i will say of those 43 interns, do you want to know how many are wedding planners? How many? I think one. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because s several of them work at resorts and are venue coordinators. Okay. But what they learned was being a wedding planner is and owning a business are, it's, it's like two jobs in one. It's two full jobs. And as soon as they saw how much work it was to do all of these things, they realized, okay, what I signed up for with this is not what I thought it was. It's right. not this glamour. And um, there's so much of the business side that they were exposed to, they would never get or receive, even with the classes that they take at the schools. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad for the ladies who came through my program and that they did spend 1,500 hours with me and right. most of them were there for, you know, probably almost a year, um, getting all those hours in. But they learned there. I'm, I know they took back a lot of business education from it, but they also learned that maybe they need to be in a different path. And so sure. They, you know, I'm great friends with many of them still, um, but they've all taken different paths. But you know, I know that they learned from the, the time that they were with me, but also learned at the same time, what they were best suited for, you know? Totally. And I think that they're probably glad they went through that, knowing that they went in a, in a direction that they realized that possibly didn't suit them. So they sa yeah. saved themselves some time in, in understanding that. Exactly that. Exactly that. So Excellent. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I'm glad you're able to guide them through there. Mm -hmm. I don't do it anymore, though. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, listen. It was um, so much work on my end, you know, to... Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So there was, you know, I, through the 43 that I had, the, the workload that I had for myself was, mm -hmm. it was, besides just teaching over and over and over again, like how, like to get them on board and like onboarding them and how to, you know, get them on the team and be able to run things on their own. Sure. I had the back end work of working with the university. I had to grade all these kids at the end. And so 
it was a lot of my, it was just a lot on my shoulders. So yeah, contributed enough <laughs> for all of those years. Yeah. And, and uh, said goodbye to the internship program. So it kind of made you a default uh, professor in a way. Somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is that, and I, I would hope that those programs have been further developed. Uh, I know in Orlando, there's a UCF, I think there's probably five, five universities that have a major in um, hospitality and event planning where they have a whole school just mm -hmm. for that. Perfect. Uh, and I believe two of them are in Florida, which makes mm. sense. I think there's one in Las Vegas. I and maybe California. Um, but that really have like a full major just for that. And then, that also makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. So, so let's, let's hop back to Lil Kelly. So you're, you realize that, or at that point, you're not, you're not even aware of the fact that that's a possible career path. What did you want to do, you know, growing up and what, what was your thoughts about what your life would be? Uh, I think I switched careers every six months. Okay. First stick to it kind of person. Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm still surprised that I've been doing this for as long as I have, because I thought I would find so many more interests along the way. I've had okay. so many jobs and careers up until this point, but I guess I just finally landed on the one that was perfect for me. But um, as a kid, I remember wanting to be an airline stewardess. Mm -hmm. I remember I wanted to be, oh, after that movie, what was the movie? Space Camp. I wanted okay. to be an astronaut. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to be a president for a while. And I don't, I don't remember anything other than those. Like those are the ones that I recall. But I know that if I went back to ask my parents, they would tell me twelve other things that I decided I wanted. <laughs> but when I was about twelve, I think I decided I wanted to be an actress, and that I stuck to for quite a while. Okay. But that's actually what led me to New York City. Okay, so, and then Los Angeles. Yes. Okay, so, so that was all acting based. Yes, exactly. So Excellent. I went to a high school that was for the performing arts mm -hmm. and uh, I did that. But while I was there, I also um, got a part of like a recurring role on the show on Nickelodeon. So I did that for a little while and this, that all came to an end right when I graduated high school. It was like the show ended, mm. I graduated. So that's why like three days later, me and all my friends from school all went to New York City you know that makes sense yeah so it was it was more focused than just i've got a couple bucks and i'm gonna go live in new york city there was oh, definitely a goal no we all rolled up there together <laughs> got it okay great so I, I didn't realize i have nickelodeon star kelly mcwilliams yeah well, definitely not nickelodeon star in <laughs> fact it would be very difficult very difficult to find um <laughs> it was so i mean this was so long ago that uh yeah, I think I can, I can give you one claim to fame that I know that people could find easily and have a good laugh at. Natalie Portman's first movie was called The Professional. Okay. And uh, the last minute of the movie, if you're watching the full and not edited down, like if it's on like TBS or whatever, it's going to be cut out. Mm. But if you watch a full one, like on HBO or something like that, the last minute of the movie, she's coming out of the orphanage, and I'm one of the girls on the steps. And they, I'll never forget it because the director handed me a, a box of cigarettes. I was 17, recall. 
I oh, just okay. there. Um, and he said, I need you to smoke these and say, you know her. I had never held a cigarette in my life. Yeah, it's kind of a big ask. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, I'm sure he didn't think that I was 17 years old and this was normal. Mm-hmm. He was French. I could barely understand what he was saying. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, you know, because I wanted to be this big movie star. Sure, you know, yeah. whatever. I was like basically a, an extra, but I got mm-hmm. lied all of a sudden. Right. Uh, so she walks out of there. She walks past me, Natalie Portman. And then I say, you know her to these other girls, but this took so many takes and we did it for so long and I didn't know how to smoke. I mm. was actually inhaling all of this. Let me tell you how sick I was for the next four days. Oh boy. Our debate was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. But yeah, so that was, that was, that's my claim to fame. Awesome. And that leads us into the PSA portion. Don't smoke. Yeah. Don't right. smoke. Like, yeah. Just... <laughs> It was so bad. I was green. It was so. Oh like, boy, my skin was green. I was so sick. So oh, sick. Man. Well, I'm glad that uh, it, that didn't take you into any uh, downward spiral. So I'm glad no. you didn't turn into like a child actor who went in the wrong direction. No, 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 no. But you know, after spending two years there, um, I realized I was not cut out for theater, and all I ended up doing there was a lot of PSAs. So mm. many PSAs. Oh wow. So I went to. LA where the other set of our friends were mm-hmm. and uh filmed a lot of commercials and then after a year I or not even a year I just didn't like the scene there it wasn't my vibe it, sure. I totally understand why it is for so many people but it just wasn't me so I came back to Florida to save up some money and move back to New York City that was mm-hmm. the plan because I loved living there and instead I came back to Florida and met my husband so Excellent. Yeah. And so That's my husband's name is also Kelly. Very interesting, by the way. Yeah. So Kelly yeah. and Kelly. Kelly and Kelly. Excellent. And so I met him. He graduated school. And um, with his career, we have to live by water. So that's mm-hmm. what brought us down here mm-hmm. in Southwest Florida. And uh, that's where my journey began in business. So, uh, yeah, I was no longer an actress at that point. <laughs> Which I was never good at acting. Let's just put this out on the table. Never right. good at it. Okay. Well, you gotta be okay. self aware, right? So yeah. it's good it's oh, it's good to be self aware. <laughs> uh, so it's funny, it, yeah, like people ask, like, oh, you're a wedding MC, do you sing? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> There's no singing here. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So do you feel that that background, even though you're saying may the whether the skill set was there or not, but do you feel just that theatrical background helps in the oh, wedding? Fully. Okay. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, everything that I've ever done, I feel like has tied into where I'm at now and the success of where I'm at now. Like mm-hmm. all of the experiences that I've had play a role in the kind of business that I run now and more importantly, how I treat people and how I know how people want to be treated. I mean, so I've got so many years in hospitality. I bartended, I served. You know, so I know that back of the house stuff. Right. The, the, oh my gosh, the acting business. I learned a lot. I mean, it's with that. It's like you sometimes you have to put a face on, you know. Sure. And when things like you know when things are really super stressful in a wedding and not going well, but your wedding 
party brides, grooms, parents don't need to know this is happening, that's when I have to put acting into full force. You know, like, oh, everything's great. There's clouds are about to break down in front of us, but everything is great. See the smile on my face? You know, so I definitely think it plays a part in it. But every, every yeah. career I've ever had, every job I've ever had has played a part in this yeah. success. So you just, you revealed a, a deep, dark secret of the industry is that people in the wedding industry sometimes have bad days and, and we still put on a smile. Oh, yep. That's our job. <laughs> totally. That's our um, job to hide all the bad. And you know, I also feel like with planners specifically, sometimes when people look at a planner and go, well, what are they specifically doing? I'm like, they're putting out seven fires you're not even aware of. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's like when you catch that planner, that, that those three seconds that they're sitting in a chair, it's because they put out those 12 fires. Mm -hmm. so. I really say the only time I sit in a chair at a wedding arm is uh, I, my vendor dinners. When like, mm -hmm. I, I really do make an effort to make sure that all the vendors can sit and have a hot dinner together and be at peace and like actually. So just, just to take that back a little bit, although my clients advocate, I am very much, very much to me, it's so important the people that I'm working with and the team that I have built there for that event right. is enjoying their job that day. I want them to enjoy their job because if they are enjoying their job, everything's going to run more smoothly and the event is just going to be better. So if I can make sure that everyone has a hot dinner that they can sit down for at least 20 minutes and enjoy each other and all, you know, take a load off and just laugh a little bit, you know, or vent or whatever needs to happen. So anything that I can do to make sure that the client's experience and the guest experience and my team's experience better is what I'm going to do. So I set out for that with that intention every single event. You know, if, if their day is good, the wedding is going to be better in the end. It, 100% every totally. single time. Yeah, I love it. And I, we're definitely in agreement. And I think we have that same type of mentality where it's all about teamwork. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like we're all on the same page because we're all on the same team. We're all essentially commissioned for the same outcome, you know, right. creating the best possible celebration. Exactly. So there are times where I feel like, and, and I'm, I'm sure you might appreciate this reference. I feel like at times there are, there are events where I feel like we all have a similar script, but not the same script. And I'm like, how much better would it be if we all had the same script? <laughs> Like if we all had the same thing and knew what was, you know, we were all yeah. on the same page. And I feel like a lot of the, the people that we work with and, you know, yourself included in how we really kind of look at events from a teamwork perspective. I really appreciate that approach because you are, as a planner specifically, you understand that you kind of arrange everything for us. And then for all of us involved, we understand that when we perform, Number one, we are a representation of ourselves, but also a representation of you. And then yeah. number two, if we're not feeling well or we're not in a good mood or whatever it may be, if something's keeping us back from performing at, at our peak performance, mm -hmm. they can sense that. Like, it doesn't matter how good of an actor you are. They're going to be able to tell. Yes. So, I mean, it's, you know, Artem, I, I do whatever I can, you know, they, if it, like for instance, on my way to weddings, I stop at the grocery store, I buy a cooler full of waters, lemonades, iced teas, and pre-made sandwiches. I don't know who, I mean, 
we may not have time, you know, to take a little snack or, you know, sit down and eat, but if everyone knows that cooler is there and they know that if they need to, to grab a salami sandwich, they can grab a salami sandwich. But it's, it's those little things. I just want everyone to be at their, their highest mark where they can perform at their best and in a good way. And I want to giggle and laugh with them while they're taking pictures of the clients because that's a stressful part of the day. You know, and I want everyone to have vendor dinner together where, you know, our guests are in a good, good spot, lets us sit down and have a good spot together, you know, so like more totally. like a family dinner, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I think that family mentality also seeps into the clientele too. And I'm sure you oh, probably sure. do the same thing. We're like, I have clients that have turned into friends in the sense that like, I'll text one of them about a sports outcome or something like to the point where we're comfortable doing that. They'll send me notes years down the road about something non-wedding related. So I'm sure you've got experiences like that too. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're essentially, they become part of the the community, the family. And I think that's really what, what it's all about, right? It's like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you're helping them start their family and then it's just, you're, you're an extended piece of it. Yes, exactly that. Exactly that. Awesome. So let me uh, transition right now into the calendaring discussion. So we talked about it a little bit when we were catching up, but I want everybody to be aware of this. So calendaring for brain health, correct? Calendaring for brain peace. Brain peace. I'm sorry. Okay. So calendaring yeah, for no, brain it's peace. Okay. Take it's us through what that is. So what that is, I, like most people in the industry, came to a point of burnout twice mm-hmm. not once twice it happens i felt it coming on again i knew like, i knew i was going to hit it um it was right before our season started here i was like this is not going to go well i know it and so i decided at that time i was going to figure out a way to like get out of this mess like i'm never going to go through this again mm-hmm. it took me a while to figure out but i developed a method of calendaring out so that I would not get into the situation again. Because I don't feel like it's that we're overworked, overworked, it's that we're underrested. That's the problem. Yes. And so if we find and make the time to be rested, then we won't feel overworked and overwhelmed. So kind of like we were talking about earlier before we started recording, if for those of you who have listened or read uh, Profit First, Mike Michalowicz, I think it's Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, mm-hmm. um, his book, where you take your profit first and then you take all of the other buckets for all of your financials for your business, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing with calendaring yourself out. So the first thing I do every six months is go break down my calendar. The whole, I put the whole year out and I block off my two big vacation spots. So I'll take out two weeks like during the summer and two weeks during the holidays. Those are my vacation. And then my other bucket would be like, okay, the big one is I, do, I call them um, my five days off. Mm-hmm. For everyone that I taught this to, they have a certain amount of days that is what they need to like recoup. For me, it's five days. I need five days off. So every single month, Artem, I take five days off in a row consistently. I love it. But I plan them all six months in advance, sometimes a year in advance. 
So I go through my calendar, I have the whole thing printed out in front of me, and I've got my two weeks twice in the year blocked off, and then I have my five days blocked off every single month. Now I know every single month I have five days to look forward to. It's like a mini vacation almost. I love now, it. Okay. Thing is that I decide what I'm gonna do in those five days. They're days without intention. Mm. Day, days without deadlines or demands. So if I wake up in the morning and decide, I want to do design plan today because that's what I feel like doing, then I'm going to go do that. So maybe that is work, but I decided to do it. Mm -hmm. Or if I want to go to the movies and watch two, well, we don't go to the movies so much anymore, but you know, there's- <laughs> It's more free-flowing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, if I want to go away for the weekend, I can do that. But it's that I have learned over time that the five days is what I need. Some people, they can be refreshed until they cool in two, but I don't really, that's a regular weekend. And I don't think that works for most people. Some right. people are committed, like they just don't, they can't get past it. Three, four, five days is what I think most people need. So then I block those out. And then from there, I refine even further. Like take, here's going to be like an admin day. And I'm going to have an admin day every single month. So it's, you, it's kind of like block scheduling for mm -hmm. like your regular work day. Right. For your hours of life. <laughs> Got it. So, and by scheduling that far in advance, the wonderful thing is, is that you put this out into the world. Mm -hmm. It's not just putting it on your calendar. That's the method is to make sure everyone else knows this. So my VA, when she sends the welcome package to my clients, it says, mm -hmm. these are the dates that Kelly is not going to be available to you. Great months worth of them so they know do not think that you're going to plan your five-day uh planning visit during this time they're going to look for dates that are outside of those mm -hmm. um, and then of course she's got like the you know the vetting the weddings that are already scheduled in there um, right. and then and then my signature line on my email it mm -hmm. says here's the next upcoming dates you're not going to hear from me from me then at that point so it's a matter of letting everyone know not just clients but also our vendor teams and partners that i'm not working don't text me don't email me don't call you know and it's but if i decide i'm going to come in the office for one reason or another i can do that so i decide what i'm going to do every day you know i don't there's no demands of me so if i decide i'm going to work i'm going to work if i decide i'm just going to like chill out that's that's up to me what I didn't expect to come from this, and this was the biggest surprise, mm -hmm. was that how much more productive I was because of it. Because now I know next week I get to take five days off. Right. But to have that, to leave my office and feel okay about taking five days off, I got to get all this stuff done. So I was busting, I mean, I bust stuff out. And sometimes yeah. that means, yeah, I'm going to spend 11 hours in my office one day in 12 hours the next day. But you know what? I'm gonna have five days off next week. And it's so worth it. I could not believe how much more efficient and productive I was once I implemented this. I will never go back to winging it and not taking that time off. I love it's, it. It's, it's just the most wonderful method. I love it. So the key is, the key is having something to look forward to and then yes. combining it with obviously procedures that will actually make you enjoy the time off. Exactly. Yeah. And that, because here's what happens when you make it so 
obvious to everyone that that's what's going to be the case. Mm -hmm. When you leave to take these periods off, the guilt is gone because that's what we all feel, right? Totally. Not working. And what is someone expecting of me? So if you take that away, I mean, that guilt is gone. Mm -hmm. I sit here and shut my office door and don't worry about it at all. Yeah, and you've set the boundary, right? You see, by setting that boundary, you know that it's already an expectation that's been put out. Exactly, exactly. I love it. And so you're doing workshops around this. Yeah, so I, I have it in quite a while. Um, it's probably been six or nine months. And here's the thing. Okay. The, the, and I will do them. I'm, right. I would love to be able to do some kind of webinar or something with it, mm-hmm. but I've tried it and it doesn't work. <laughs> The thing that everyone always comes down to when I'm there with them is that I can't take these days off. There, mm-hmm. There's no way this is going to work. Well, it's up to me to sit down with them and say, what is it that you have to get done? Like, let's schedule that now. Now that you know what you want to take off, let's we've blocked off. I call them my blue line days. So mm-hmm. if you look at my calendar, they've got these blue lines all over the place. I love that. Yeah. So they're color coded. So what things do you have to get done so you can take your blue line days? Mm -hmm. List them all out. And then we find where to put them on your calendar. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can take five days off. Clearly, I can take six. Well, let's Mm. not get, you know, (laughs) let's not get greedy. Um, But that's what it's about. And so it's, it's just about, it's just as much about the motivation and someone pushing you towards, and I want to say the coaching, but sometimes you just have to have that third person there that says, sure. yeah, we need to figure this out. We're going we're gonna to brainstorm this and figure out what's holding you back. It's yourself. You have enough time to get things done. And you're good. And I know after doing this for, I think it's been like three years now mm-hmm. uh, that I've been on this method. I know how much more productive everyone's going to be when they put this in place. So while they seem, they are in fear and overwhelmed that like this is there's I know within two months they're going to see it like immediately yeah because you have something to look forward to right everything you can to have that yeah it's like a turbo push in a way yeah yeah awesome yeah I love it I love to hear that so take us through now and this is maybe something that was born out of uh, such productivity you've got the this versus that podcast so I don't know that was really came out of in anything having to do with productivity. This versus that um, was a, I wanted to do a podcast for a while. Let's say Okay, that. sure. I am a, oh gosh, what's the word for just, I love listening. To, what's that word? Like addict? I love to listen to podcasts. There you go. Yeah. So um, I li- listened for years and I, wanted to, I guess I just wanted to give back some other way and I was like what what can I do like what can I do and there was a time where I just had some free time and I sat and I was like you know what I this is what I enjoy I enjoy listening to podcasts I think I can do this I think mm-hmm. I can so then it was a matter of for me this is how I do everything I always look for the whole like what is everyone else not doing right so I did I, tons of research on what was out there already. 
And I knew that I was already listening to like 25 different <laughs> business podcasts. I was like, no, I don't need to do any of that. Mm-hmm. And where I found there was a limited number of quality podcasts were podcasts for engaged couples. Yes. And what, there were some that were really wonderful niches that I didn't want to have anything to, I didn't want to like go into their lane. Mm-hmm. But what I saw was there wasn't anything that helped people decide on one of their decisions to make the decision on something that was important in their planning process. So so many of the podcasts are out there are about giving tips and things like that. But this specifically is me and a co-host who sit back and we talk about all the pros and cons to the things that they're trying to, to decide between like, one of the biggest questions in the beginning is, do we get a band or do we get a DJ? Right. That's, that's, a, that's a big, huge decision. Yeah. So I have a guy on with me, Clint Wiley from Wiley Entertainment. I said, Clint, sit with, sit with me and talk about this. Like, let's go through all the reasons that someone should have a band. Let's talk about why we should not have a band. Let's talk about why we should have a DJ and why we should not have a DJ. Right. So that people could listen to this and say, oh, okay, yeah, I never even thought about that. And so hopefully by the end of the podcast episode that they would be able to say, after hearing all of this, now I know that a DJ is actually better for us because now we know that it's a little less costly. Now that we know that we have a a wider range of of music that can be played, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, things like that. So in every episode, we go through all the pros and cons from both sides. So but then, right. you know, and I, I had a strategy going in that I wanted to have 20 to 30 foundation episodes just all out there as quickly as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're about halfway there, almost, almost, although I'll be done relatively soon here. Yeah. And season two, three, four, however long I go with this, mm-hmm. um, will be a more refinement to all of those questions. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So it'll go deeper. Yeah. So once okay. they decided I'm going to go to a band, mm-hmm. then the next topic could be, well, we've got a band now. How do we pick the best kind of band? Like, do we do a seven piece band or do we do a 10 piece band? Right. You know, then that's when we talk about, do we want to have a male and a female vocalist? Do we want to have a band that plays nonstop or takes breaks? I mean, there's, and here's the thing. When people go to do these, when clients go to book these people, they don't always know that these are things that they should be considering, that they should even think about. They don't know. No, they don't, they don't work in the industry. No, they don't. They don't ask these questions and it doesn't mean that things are going bad because they don't know because they've never been introduced to it. Right. Just an opportunity for me to share all the expertise and the experiences that I've had along with my co-host to put it all out there for them so they can make a really great decision from the get-go. Right. Yeah. What I love about it is that on each episode, you don't push them in any direction specifically. You just go, here are the pros and cons. Here are the pros and cons. All the information is laid out for you. Now you go make the decision that fits you. That's right for you. Exactly. What I also wanted to do was bring on people who could be like me, who are opinionated. Like, I, you know, here's the thing. We are the experts. Everyone that comes on my show right. is an expert in what they do. Right. But 
I wanted to be genuine at the same time. Like you're a really genuine guy. In all of your episodes, everyone's very genuine. They're just being themselves. Sure. So yeah. I want people to hear that from me. That's how I am all the time. Right. So I want people to be able to connect in that way and hear like hear me say, I think it's really dangerous for kids to be they're all, all night at the reception. That's my personal opinion because I've seen so many bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I love, but I love how cute kids are coming down the aisle. So right. my personal opinion, I would love to see them at the ceremony, but then have someone, you know, a sitter there available for them for the rest of the evening, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So I'm not afraid to give my two cents on my personal opinion on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But again, just like you said, we make a point of making sure that everything is laid out for them that every we have hit all the pros and cons and we at the end before we end every episode i'm like you sure there's nothing that we didn't cover sure enough almost every time we think of three other things but you know yeah that's natural Mm -hmm. it's like when you're uh when you wrap up an event and you go oh we could have done this we could have done that we could have done that but the event's over (laughs) yeah exactly well we all do that of course yeah we're you know what i think um, as far as us and our mutual friends and the people that we really align ourselves in, in this industry, we are our own worst critics. But I also think that that's what keeps us, keeps us kind of driving us and keeps us to where yeah. we are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you learn with every experience. That's the thing. Of course. You're, you're evolving all the time. Your business, I mean, what doesn't involve in life? In, in life? Right. You learn all day, every day. And especially if you're open, you know, to everything that is coming at you, um, I feel like feel like you can just be more successful for your clients and for um, your teams, for those you know who are planners or you know the people that you're working with. Um, again, for me, I am just as much concerned about my clients and the guests as I am the team that I'm working with. So it's it's a big thing. it's a big thing to me. I I think take all of those things into consideration. Love it. That's awesome. So we've talked about the this versus that uh, podcast that you do. We then, it gives us a great segue to enter the this versus that segment of this podcast. Okay, so, let's do it. Um, it's, it's actually just a very fun game. I want you to not really think about it. Just go with your gut reaction. I'm going to give you two options and you just go with one or the other. It makes me a little bit nervous. <laughs> no, don't be nervous. Okay. Just don't think about it. If if you feel like you need to justify a decision, I'll give you a couple seconds to justify, oh. but try oh. to just go one or the other. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tupac or Biggie? What was that? Tupac or who? Tupac or Biggie? Oh, Biggie. Okay. Beatles or Rolling Stones? 100% Beatles. I grew up to the Beatles. Big deal. Excellent. Okay. We'll hop back to that in a bit. Uh, Belle Biv DeVoe or Boys to Men? Boys to Men, and I have a story for that one. Okay, great. So we got those two. We'll hop back to NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys. NSYNC because I grew up with one of the guys in NSYNC. Oh, okay, I like I have it. A story for everything, and you didn't even ask me about these earlier. <laughs> uh, let's go, Friends or Frasier. Friends. Okay, necktie or bow tie. Bow tie. Boutonniere or pocket square. Oh no. <laughs> I'm going with pocket square. Okay. Is that a tough one? What was that? That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Yeah. That was an episode, wasn't it? It is an episode. It's a good episode. Yes. Perfect. Uh, John Amos or John Stamos? John Stamos. Oh, 
Amos. Why is that not ringing the bell? Who's that? John Amos, he was in Coming to America, and he was the dad on Good Times. Oh. Uh, Samos. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> uh, because I recall him better. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I just feel like John Amos and John Stamos, their names are so similar. They need to have a podcast or some sort of show together and just let hilarity. Well, that would be cool. Right? Um, yeah. And Porsche or Porsche? Porsche. Perfect. Let's hop back to, you grew up on the Beatles. Grew up on the Beatles. My mom is a huge Beatles fan. So to the point where I recall, like we, she always, I'm 45. So we had tape decks back then when mm-hmm. I was a little kid. Yeah. But, familiar. Uh, yeah. So that's, it was just on loop in the car always. So when I say I grew up on Beatles, like I know all the songs, like when I went to Las Vegas, we went to see this uh, Beatles Cirque. Uh, okay. Just so much. And, you know, it's great music when it comes down to it. It's totally. so much a part of our culture and our history here. I mean, I know they're from across the pond, but uh, I mean, they've been a big, they're a big influence in the U.S. and on music in general. 100%. Um, and, you know, it's something that I impressed upon my kids, too. My kids grew up listening to the Beatles. You know, I want them to appreciate music from all genre. And they do, right. which right. and they to this day, you know, say, "Mom, I'm so glad that you introduced us to." You know, Kelly has been listening to ACDC. My husband mm-hmm. is also Kelly, right? And, uh, uh, yeah, I listen introduced them to the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. that's great because it is. They are very intergenerational. Like I grew up on on like '90s and early 2000s hip hop, and there are definitely things where I'm like, "Oh, I can't." pass this along to my children <laughs> so, uh, I'm glad that that's something as far as like Beatles is definitely something that's intergenerational Absolutely. so I'll ask you a potentially a very hard question uh, uh, but to just put you on the spot here if, if you grew up and you know all the songs uh, favorite Beatles song ever help help okay and it goes back to a memory it, like I remember being in the car with my mom mm. and my sister sitting next to me in the back seat and scream singing it together mm-hmm. and just having so much fun and laughing. Like it's a, it's a hardcore memory. So it, while it might not be their best song, it, to me, it tugs on my heart because that's sure. like one of my favorite memories. I just remember being in that moment. So yeah, it's tied to emotion. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful uh, memory. I hope it made someone cry happy tears. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. So tell me about, uh, was it NSYNC? Yeah. Uh, Joey from NSYNC. We oh, Joey in- Fatone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, he grew up in New York, but then they, he moved down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say we were all, let's see, high, just started high school, maybe in there. Okay. So we were all good friends. We went to the same high school. And uh, we all, uh, I moved, when I moved to New York is when he started in NSYNC. And we, we still run into each other when I Orlando. Oh, you guys still you guys still hang? Well, I wouldn't say we hang. Like, I think he lives relatively close to my sister, and my dad. So, mm. so okay. We go to breakfast and see him sitting across the way. Just like Perfect. Yeah. And you had the story. Was it the Belle Biv DeVoe Boys to Men? Boys to Men. Boys to Men. This is a crazy story. You ready? I'll try yep. to make it back. I'm ready. When I moved to LA, uh, I. My roommate was Rona, who is now a singer in, in Vogue. Okay. 
but her manager was getting married and he was getting married um, at, a de at a destination wedding. Again, we lived in California at this time in LA. Um, he wanted her to sing at the wedding, not knowing this was inappropriate to do. She said, can my roommate come? Because again, we were like 19 years old. Right, right. I think I was 20. And uh, no, 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 I think I was 19. Uh, so we, they allowed me to come. They brought us all up to Santa Barbara or wherever. Yeah, I think it's Santa Barbara. And um, we get there. Um, it's, we wake up on the wedding day. They put us on a shuttle to bring us to the ceremony. It's in this little chapel. And she, again, she's supposed to sing. We had a sign. Um, what's it called? Where you won't talk, like a waiver. Oh, the waiver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, like an NDA? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. An NDA. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why do we have to sign this? You know, <laughs> get it all. again, we're young kids, 20 years old. Right. Uh, we get into the church and we look to our right and there they are sitting right next to us. And I'm like, Lona, do you sing your brothers right there? You know? like, yes, I do. And she goes, I can't sing this now. I was like, oh, you're going to sing. You are going to sing really well right now. <laughs> so they sang at the ceremony and Rona sang. It was beautiful. It was great. Uh, but then we, this is where it gets good. Then we get back in the shuttles and they're taking us to the wedding reception. And again, we have no idea where we're going. Do you want to know where they took us? Where? Neverland Ranch. Michael Jackson's house. Whoa. Yes, exactly that. So <laughs> I went to a wedding at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. And uh, that's where the reception was. That's where the reception was. Wow. So um, it was quite a night. Had so much fun. Never went into the wedding tent. We were riding carnival rides all night. And it's Neverland. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Neverland Ranch. And yeah. at the end of the night, towards the end of the night, we went into his movie theater that's there. And um, it was like, you walk in, there's people behind the counter, just like a regular movie theater, except for you don't pay anything. You just mm -hmm. say, give me the milk duds and the snow caps and a bucket of popcorn. And you had someone working there just, just for the oh, sake of being there? It's a full, just like an AMC theater. You walk in and it's everything, but you just get whatever you want and they hand it to you. All right. That's very on brand for Michael, I guess. Oh, for sure. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> the theater, I think he had more than one. And... Um, the movie was Point Break. Keanu Reeves, is that what yeah. it's called? Yep. And that's dating how long ago this was. <laughs> um, sit down and Boys to Men sits right next to us. Like, and it was like individual um, chairs. Like the seats, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't wow. like a, a rose. And mm -hmm. they, all, they were spinning chairs, like you could rotate in them. Oh. So I was so nervous and excited at the same time because, you know, Boys to Men sitting right here. Yeah. I don't know how it happened, but I spun around a little bit, tripped over myself while sitting or something, dumped the whole bucket of popcorn all over Slim, just in myself. Like wow. it went flying. Mm. Oh my gosh, Arnold, I'm so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing. But yeah, so that's that story. Did anything transpire or did it all just kind of regressed in your, repressed I mean, in your mind and your memory? Things, you know, it's just a bunch of people sitting in a, theater at michael jackson's house you know yeah the norm <laughs> yeah yeah thursday night um yeah, exactly. was exactly. was he there or it was just at the i location? don't think so i never saw him uh mm. I, I doubt it i doubt it um but clearly he was alive back then it was before all of the right right all the craziness happened with him but sure yeah you know, once we got there but you know thinking back to it like i remember 
the statues. There was like these bronze statues all throughout the property and they were all little kids like mm. in motion playing. It was now looking back it's super creepy. You sure. Know? But yeah. still at the same time when you think about the people like from my generation, Michael Jackson was huge. His music was huge. Oh. So me being there at that time, I was like, this I can't even believe this is happening, you know? Yeah. Oh, to be in, in Michael Jackson's house in the same day that you sat next to Boys to Men and watched yeah. them perform at a ceremony, that's a big day. Yeah, it was a big day. Wow. Nothing I'm going to forget about ever. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's that's the best way to end that round of, of questioning. Yeah. <laughs> that I is excellent. So I'm so I'm so glad to hear that. Um we definitely I, I think I think that experience in Neverland Ranch will be like a separate episode or an, an all new <laughs> podcast altogether. Um but let's do the last two minutes are yours. I would like for you to tell everyone how they can find you, how they can reach out to you, anything that you're excited about. Uh, the time is, is yours and what you're available for, what you can uh, make us aware of. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate that. First, let me say thank you. This was a really nice interview. I had a good time. Excellent. I'm glad uh, you had fun. So right now, you know, what's making me most happy, and that's what I would like to talk about first, is this podcast. Okay. Here's the thing. I went into it with intention and like a strategy for it, but what it's returned to me is so much more than I expected. And what the feedback I've gotten from the clients listening to it is unbelievable. Just, I, I guess I just went into it thinking no one's going to actually listen to this. <laughs> still going to do it. Right. Totally. It's wonderful knowing that people are actually listening to it and like quoting back from it. It's just, yeah. I didn't expect it to be so rewarding. Kind of like weddings when I started with weddings. I didn't think it was going to be rewarding. I thought it was going to be a job. Right. My job. I love my job. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> that it, it is. Um, but fun. And that's, that's like the, the biggest thing for me right now. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I did do in this year, um, because like I said, I always look for the thing that no one else is doing. I find mm -hmm. that where you're going to always find the most success. Right. If you take the time to learn what's already being done, like if you just need something new in your life, you know, to get you through, you know, like you need to freshen up on something. Um, I opened up a new branch to my company. It's called Last Minute Wedding. And this came from hearing for years and years and years. And for years and years and years, I ignored this comment coming. Mm -hmm. But it is... I would plan my wedding six weeks from now, but I know it takes a year. Mm. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't take a year, you know? And when people are at, at that, you know, for the majority of my clients, they're between, I'd say 25 and 35. They're right in there. Sure. Um, that's when they're um, solidifying their careers, graduating from uh, uh, medical school, Graduate, taking yeah. a bar, buying a house, wanting to have kids so much going on so i mean if i can make their engagement season enjoyable in a shorter time frame so they can move on to the other things that are really like their intent on having them sooner than later mm -hmm. great and planning a wedding in a shorter time frame is easier on everybody across yeah. the board so that's what I decided to do. I decided to branch out into short-term weddings where come to me three weeks before the wedding. I had one 
couple months ago that was 10 days, which is fine. Wow. I've done this for 19 years. Like I know who to call. Right, you know? right, it's right. easy for me to put these together. But, you know, someone can call me, you know, and that's how I branded it. Three weeks, three months. Don't call before three months. That's not last minute. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, that's been an exciting thing. And again, it was me looking for something that I didn't see putting out there, but it came from people saying to me for years, I know it takes a year, but I mean, I wish it didn't have to take that long. And yeah. me just, it, it, instead of ignoring it, I ran into it. Like, okay let's tell people you don't have to wait that long. Right. And sure enough, there's lots of those people out there. And so what's what I do? I mean, yeah. honestly, I think this is a generation now you get everything immediately. So yes. they don't like waiting. You're so right. You're so right. right. That yeah. is such a great way to look at it because yeah, things have changed quite a bit. Awesome. How can people find your podcast? So my podcast is called This Versus That, Wedding Decisions with Kelly McWilliams. It's on all the major uh, podcast platforms. So I think the easiest thing is just to type in this versus that and then wedding and it usually pops up. There are a lot of this versus that podcasts. <laughs> yes. I learned. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the only wedding one. Um, so, and yeah, I'd love for anyone. It, it is for engaged couples, but I will say this. I think that as industry people, you can actually get a lot from it in seeing, you know, what is happening with, with the decisions that your clients are making. And if there's anything available through the podcast that you can educate yourself, then, then this is, you know, take 30 minutes on your commute and listen to it and say, oh yeah, I never thought about that. Or this, you know, I can, I can share this with people. But yes, please do share it with your clients, especially when you want to sway them one way or another with the decision right. they have to make with you, you know? So like for instance, the stationary episode that was, uh, do you go template or custom? Mm -hmm. I didn't even understand when I started this episode about the different levels of custom and semi-custom that there were. So a stationer might listen to this and be like, you know what? I just need to share this with people and, you know, clients, and then they'll have a better understanding and, you know, come to me with, a better decision instead of you know maybe taking going through a five-day process only to realize they're heading down the wrong direction and while right. i realize that everyone's an expert at what they do if there's anything that can make it easier for you why not why not press the easy button every once in a while you know totally yeah i mean this is what it's all for that's what education really should be right yeah yeah and then my hangout uh, social media wise is 100 percent instagram Okay. I'm not a Facebook girl. Instagram is my jam. Uh, that's where I spend most of my social media time. Not Facebook, Instagram. So I am Kelly A. McWilliams on Instagram. And then the podcast is this versus that wedding podcast. But for the most part, I just hang out on Kelly A. McWilliams. So, and uh, if you follow, uh, send me a DM or whatever, I can follow you and we can be in touch that way if you want to reach out for any reason. I'm a very much a... Uh, 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 extrovert. I'm yeah. very social, and you know, uh, if it means like just being friends online, or if we can meet in person at some point, I'm all for it. I awesome. love to reach my hand and, and say hello. Perfect. So, well, I hope you make some new friends uh, per this episode. I hope so too. <laughs> I hope so too. Excellent. Right, thank you so much. This was fun.
Oh, glad. I'm glad you had fun. So Kelly McWilliams, Kelly McWilliams, Celebrations, Weddings, and Parties, a Martha Stewart best-in-class top wedding planner and host of This Versus That Wedding Decisions with Kelly McWilliams. Kelly, thank you so much, and uh, I'm glad you had fun. I had a blast having you on. Thank you, Artem.